All right, we're still in our series. We've been talking about spiritual disciplines. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about worship. We've talked about meditation, meditating on the word. We've talked about um, confession. Last week we talked about confession. And we, we talked about the importance of positive confession, speaking the word. Because there's, part, there's one definition of confession that means you're agreeing with. So we're confessing what the scripture says. But then there's that other side of confession where it says we confess our sins one to another so we can be healed. Actually, it says so we can pray for one another and be healed. In other words, that we live a life that we're open and honest and transparent. That on days, even if it's not sin, on days that we struggle and days when we could just use some encouragement, that we feel and know the freedom to be able to confess that. And say, I'm having, a, I'm having a tough day today. Can you pray for me? Can you encourage me? And so we talked about, it, we talked about that some last week. And then this week, uh, I was studying, and it kind of took a little bit of a turn, but it's still kind of the same thing. There was one of the spiritual disciplines is called guidance. And it's more of just being guided by the Holy Spirit. And, and I've entitled it more of following, because I think in the culture we live in today, especially in... Uh, for me as a pastor, there's a lot of opportunities for leadership development, right? How many of you work in the business, in the business world and you hear a lot about leadership? Okay, three of us. Well, the rest of y'all, I don't know what you do, but, uh, but there's a lot of focus on leadership. There, and, and, and rightly so, there, there are people that lead things and, and, and you need to grow it. If you're, if you're a leader and you lead a group or a team, you need to understand what it means to lead. But there's not as much talk about following because we live in a culture that is tending to be more and more self-focused, more and more check me out, I lead, I'm a leader, you know, more about us and, and having some sense of identity or some sense of status. And we live in this culture now where it's really all about us. And one reason I know that is because when I was a kid, um, that was before electronics as far, not electronics, we did have electronics, uh, but we didn't have these, we didn't have the, the phones and all that stuff. So um, we had the camera, I don't know if you remember these cameras where you take the picture and then this, this, this little Polaroid thing comes out and then you just sit there and shake it till it dries, and then you just kind of, oh, hell, here it comes. You can start to see people, you know, and you do that. And I remember I used to love whenever we had a family get together, for some reason I, I would love to take the picture for two reasons. One is because sometimes I would intentionally chop people's heads off and be like, oh, and waste a picture, and I would get in trouble for it. But I always thought it was hilarious. Or then I, but then I just loved to use it because it was like, oh, check this out. I mean, it was, it was big-time stuff, you know. I mean, it literally spits out. A picture. But you know what? All of my life as a kid, not one time did I take a picture of myself. Not one time. Do you know I heard, I heard something the other day that there are 93 million selfies taken a day. What does that say about us? Now, if you're here, you're thinking, delete the selfie from this morning. <laughs> okay? I'm not talking about you. Okay? If you want to take a selfie, that's fine. I'm saying overall in the world we live in, it's all about 
self. It really is. It, it's a, it amazes me how many pictures of ourselves we take. And now they have these ways that you can make yourself look better, right? And, and listen, don't act like y'all have never done it because I've seen pictures. I'm like, that's not what they, that's not, <laughs> that's not accurate. That's not accurate. But we, we do. It's all about this self. And it's not just in what we want to show on the outside, but even how we feel. We, want, we have a tendency to live our whole life pleasing us. And wanting to look good, wanting to feel important. So we gravitate toward those things that make us feel value. And sometimes those things are things like leading or a title or, or something that you can say, oh, now I, now I matter. And, and we don't really talk a lot about realizing the need for others. Realizing the need to be led. Because I can just tell you... If you lead yourself, you're not going to get to the place that God has for you. Because you can't. You can't get there. You can only get there when you follow, when you follow Jesus. Now, I had, just so you know, I had pages and pages of notes. And last night I'm going over them and, and I'm just like, this is way too much. I'm going to be speaking until Tuesday if I don't. I got to somehow bring this down. I came in this morning. I told Curtis, I said, man, I got too much stuff. It's just got too much. And I said, we, and so Curtis like, we could just order pizza and all hang out. <laughs> and uh, don't worry, we're not doing that. Some of y'all are like, seriously, is he going to go past the Panthers play? Or So um, <clears throat> we'll have the Panthers game on, okay? It'll just be on with no, we'll have it on the sides. But anyway, so I was in my office this morning. I'm like, God. What's the, how, how do you want me to reel this in? Like, or else this is a series in the series. You know what I mean? I'm going to take several weeks on just this part of the overall series. And it was amazing how God just simplified it for me. And remember a few weeks ago we talked about simplicity being a spiritual discipline that we've made, we've made life so complicated because of all the stuff and all the technology and everything, we, we think life is simpler because we have access to everything, but it's actually our lives, are, we're busier than we've ever been, we're crankier than we've ever been, we're more tired than we've ever been, we're more frustrated than we've ever been, we're more edgy than we've ever been because we got so much stuff going. We talked about how we simplify that whole process and make it just real simple and make it about the Lord. So we're kind of following up on that, and here's, here's kind of how... Uh, the Lord just showed me some things even this morning. Help me to bring this down a little bit for you. All right, look at Mark chapter 1, verse 16 through 20. This is Jesus, and it says, He walked by the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. So Jesus said to them, look at these two words, follow me. That's the first thing Jesus spoke to his disciples when he called them. He said, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. When I read that this morning, I thought, you know what? Here's what he's saying. Listen, I'm not going to ask you to somehow figure out how to do this. I'm going to say, if you'll follow me, I will make you become who you're supposed to be, fishers of men. I'll do it. All you need to do is follow me. Follow me. That's what he says. They immediately left their nets 
and followed. When he had gone a little further from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were also in the boat mending their nets. And immediately he called to them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went after him and followed him. Could you imagine sitting there with your dad? You're out fishing. Jesus comes by and says, come on. See you, dad. They just go. They just left. And they followed him. That's what I believe Jesus is saying to us, reminding us, listen, it's not about you having everything together. It's not about you knowing how to do everything. It's not even, having, it's not even about you knowing the path to take. It's about you following me. Because if you follow, you're going to go where he goes. So if I, you know, you ever been, let's, all right, let's go pre-technology, right? When I was a kid, man, that makes me sound like I'm old because I didn't have technology as a kid. Um, but when I was younger, I remember, I remember when we go on vacation or we would go somewhere, I remember the huge atlas big map thing that we had in the back seat. And then we had that one map that it was only this big, but when you opened it up, it was a tablecloth. I mean, it was huge. And you had to find out where you are, and it took forever to, to read the map. So, if, so today, I can tell you, hey, meet me, meet me over at the house, and then we'll leave from there. And all you need is my address, and you're there. Okay, that's today. But before that, you're going to need a lot of directions, a map, something. Or you need someone who knows how to get there that says this, follow me. When we would go on youth activities, when I was a youth pastor, and we had three or four vehicles, I'd say, all right, listen, this is where we're heading. And, but everybody didn't have GPS stuff. I had a pager if they needed me, and I could pull off at a payphone and find out where they are if they're lost. But the biggest thing I would tell them, I said, listen, just, just follow me, okay? I won't lose, I'll keep looking back in my rearview mirror to make sure you're there, but just follow me. And there were times when I'm driving, one of the leaders is behind me, and they know the shortcut, right? Okay, don't be that person. I'm sitting there, and so I'm getting, I'm driving, and there's an exit coming up about a mile, and the car behind me has the right blinker on, like, turn here. And I'm like, I'm not turning there because I'm going some. I know where I'm going. And they're turning, and they're flashing their lights. So I go to pull off the side because I thought maybe something's wrong. And, and I remember pulling off to the side, so then they pull over, the car behind them pulls over, the car behind them pulls So we got this whole line of cars on the side of interstate, which probably isn't the safest thing anyway, and I get out, and I go down to their car, and I'm like, are you okay? They're like, yeah, I know what way to go. And I said, listen here, follow me. And I got back in my car, and I drove. Now, I thought of that because I thought, you know how many times when we follow the Lord that we put our blinker on? Hey, God, got an idea. I think I, think I, know, where, I, think I know where you're heading. I can get you there faster. And it's a mistake. It's a mistake. You don't know. You, you don't always know where God is taking you. There are times the Bible talks about we walk by faith 
not by sight. We walk by faith. There's times where you have to exercise faith and trust to let God lead you. Now, there's three, there's three different ways you can be led. By the Spirit of God, by you, or by others. And only one of those is going to lead you to the place that God has for you. And it's when you allow yourself to realize, I need to follow him. I need to follow him. Look at this scripture in John 21, verse 18. This is after Peter has denied Jesus. All this went down, and then he just, Jesus just went through this whole thing about kind of restoring Peter. Peter, do you love me? He says, yes, I do. He's feeding my sheep. He goes through all that. Then he says this to Peter. He says, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself. You went wherever you wanted to go. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know what kind of death, what, by what kind of death he would glorify God. So he's actually talking about something ahead about how Peter is going to die for the Lord and what it's going to be like. And so he's mentioning this. And then he says, then Jesus told him these two words. What are they? Follow me. Now, what I like about Peter is Peter makes me feel normal because Peter was so human. Peter was always the one who would just do something, and Jesus would be like, Peter, shh, like just stop talking. Peter was the one who when Jesus was saying, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die, you know, this is what's going to happen, Peter was like, no. And Jesus tells Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Could you imagine? Jesus called him Satan? Yes, because that's where that came from. It was like, that's not. I'm doing what God, my father, wants me to do. But Peter was always the one. There was a time when uh, Jesus comes and you could, and there was this like Moses and Elisha were with him. And, and, and Peter's there up on this mountain. And, and uh, he's like, hey, why don't we build an altar? Why don't we? And, and, and he heard this voice from God that said, Peter, shh. That's my translation. But it was like, Peter, stop talking and listen. So Peter was always the one that was just, you know, throwing stuff out there. So Jesus just tells Peter, listen, this is, you know, I know you love me. I know you're going to serve me. You're actually going to die for me at some point. And then he says this, follow me. So Peter turns around and saw behind him the disciple Jesus loved, which, who was that? John. John wrote John. So basically, John's writing this story saying, Peter saw me, the disciple Jesus loved, because John knew that Jesus loved him. John was at the cross when Jesus was crucified. So he knew, he saw the demonstration of the love of God. So he wasn't some arrogant thing like, look at me, that's not you. He was just saying, I understand this. So Peter sees John and the disciples Jesus loved, the one who leaned over to Jesus during the supper and said, Lord, will you betray me or who will betray you? And Peter asked, well, what about him, Lord? So Jesus just told Peter what it's going to be like, you know, when he dies and it says, follow me. And, and Peter's like, well, what about him? What about him? Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that for you? What is that to you? In other words, mind your own business, Peter. Just follow me. So he kind of tells Peter, as for you, don't worry about all that. Just follow me. And I think today the Lord would kind of tell us the same thing. Listen, we get all caught up in what everybody else is doing. 
what, everybody, what it looks like for everybody else. But here's what God is saying to you individually, just to you. And if, you have, if you're taking notes, you need to write this down, that God is saying to me today, follow me. Follow me. It's not about where you want to go. It's not about how you're going to get there. It's about following him. And that's the scripture that we have right there. Now look at John chapter 10. The gatekeeper, this is talking about Jesus as our shepherd. And it says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. The sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his sheep by name and he leads them out. In other words, they follow him. He leads them out. After he gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they what? Follow him because they know his voice. So us as sheep are to follow the shepherd. And he's going to lead us to good pastures, to good things. That's where he leads us according to the scripture. And it says this about us as sheep, knowing that God is our shepherd, is that we won't follow a stranger. They'll run from him because they don't recognize his voice. We need to follow the voice of the Lord and nothing else. Go to verse 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they what? Follow me. According to this scripture, this is what sheep do. Not sheep that hope to at some point. He's like, listen, my sheep, they hear my voice, they listen to it, and they follow me. So it's hard to, to communicate that we're a child of God and that we're a sheep and you know, he's our shepherd. If we're not listening... And we're not following. We need to understand that as sheep, listen, if you ever study up on sheep, there's some great things about sheep, but sheep are also dumb. I actually read this this week, and I, I did some research to see, is this legit? And I'm telling you, it was on Fox News, USA Today had an article on it, and it was back in 2006 or 2005 or something. And in Turkey, there was, you know, there was a lot of shepherds, a lot of families that come together, and all their sheep are out in this big field or whatever, and they're feeding up, up high on this kind of little cliff thing, and this one sheep goes over the cliff, and 1,500 sheep followed, all of them. They followed. They, I mean, listen, man. Look, sheep, just, oh, I'm not doing that. But 450 or something like that died. The rest landed on soft sheep because it was <laughs> piled up. Seriously, you can look it up. I'm telling you. There's like 1,100 lived. But the first 400, they hit rock. The rest hit sheep. You know, those those pillows, you're like, oh, it's so soft. And this wool, oh, it's so soft and fluffy. Well, I mean, the 451 was like, that was fun, guys. Here, come, come on down. So maybe the rest of them are just having fun. But they were following, and it, they were dumb. But it happened, and I'm reading this article, and I'm cracking up laughing because I'm picturing it. And I did not want to watch a video because I thought, that's cruel. It would have been cruel. Um, okay, I looked for it. I didn't see a video, okay? But, uh, <laughs> but the thing is, it's like, what is, what, what is it? And let me tell you something else about sheep. Sheep were not designed to carry heavy weights. 
You know, when you see, back in the day, you'll see people like, you know, in Jesus' time, it talks about him walking and all this, all this stuff's on a donkey, one of those load-bearing animals. There was nobody walking with sheep, loaded up with stuff. They weren't made to do that. Well, guess what? Neither are you. You're not created to handle all of that. You're not created to be some load-bearing thing. That's not what you were created for. And there's sheep, too, that sometimes they just can't find their way. That's why when Jesus was telling the parable, I was like, listen, if, the, if, a, if a shepherd has 100 sheep and one wanders off, you know what that means? Sheep wander off. He gave them an analogy that they would understand. You know, that sheep that's like, dum, 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 just falls away, just goes over and gets lost. We do that. Right? We, there's times it's unintentional that we just find ourselves away from where we should be. Because we just kind of get caught up in stuff. And we just wander off because we, we turn our eyes to something else. When you drive... If you see something on the side of the road or you see a sign for a restaurant, you're like, oh, we should go there. You know, if you start to look away for a long period of time, you know where you end up? You end up going that direction. Why? Because that's where you're looking. I'm telling you, there's days I thank God for that rumble strip. Right? I mean, hey, it, there's not one on the other side, so maybe one day for my family we can just... Rumble strip both of them. But for me, I know that there's times where you don't even realize you start to get out of lane just a little bit. Then you have this reminder, hey, get back over. And as sheep, sometimes we find ourselves wandering. And Jesus reminds us, hey, hey, follow me. Follow me. Keep your eyes on me. Hebrews 12 talks about keeping our eyes on Jesus. So, so this, is, this is something that we talk about a lot. And that was one reason, even when I was studying, I thought, it is, it's mentioned all the time to follow Jesus. But following Jesus, this is what it means, that you are where Jesus is. So if you're following Jesus, it's going to lead you to do the things Jesus does, to love like Jesus loves, to forgive like Jesus forgives. To encourage like Jesus encourages. That's, that's where it leads us. So we have to, at some point, we have to do a little bit of internal. We have to look at ourselves and say, where I'm at right now, is this where Jesus is? Now, I'm not talking about theology like, well, he's with me all the time and never leaves me nor forsakes me. I understand that. But I'm saying the way I'm living my life doesn't model the way Jesus lives his life. The way Jesus was and he walked on this earth. Ephesians 5 says, be imitators of God. Are we, are we imitating and doing what God would want us to do? The very next verse of that says, walk in love. Are we walking in love towards people? Are we, are we exemplifying what it means to do whatever God wants us to do? Because again, we have this part of us that looks at us, that wants us to feel value, that wants us to feel, and we have a tendency to lead our own lives even as believers. And we can say, I'm following God, but really only you know if you're truly following him or if you're asking him to follow you. Only, only you really know that. And I know for me, there are times where I, I, 
I thought, Lord, I, I'm following you, whatever you want. And then there's times like, God, come on, I got an idea. And God's like, oh, boy, listen, uh, follow me. We'll go much further, much better if you follow me rather than me follow you. So follow me. He reminds me. He'll remind you the same thing. Look at Psalms 37, verse 23. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their life. See, sometimes when we think about following Jesus, we think, yeah, but, you know, does he understand what I'm feeling? Does he care about this? Does he care about this? According to the scripture, he cares about every detail of your life. So if you follow him, listen, he'll, he will take care of every detail of your life. He knows how to get you from here to there way better than you do. He knows how to walk through those things with you. He understands it. He's, he's lived life. He's very uh, connected to his father. And he was even, if you look in, I don't have these in your notes, but if you look in Luke 4, verse 1, and Matthew 4, verse 1, I believe it is, both of them say that Jesus was led by the Spirit. Even Jesus, when he, when he lived his life, he was led by the Spirit, even into the wilderness. He was led by the Spirit. He came out filled with the power of the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit. Romans 8 verse 14 says that we are led by the Spirit. And if we're led by the Spirit, we're sons of God. That's what it says. I believe it's Romans 8 14. I don't think I have it in your notes. but Well, I know I don't. I don't have anything in your notes. I don't have it on the screen, I mean. But Romans 8 14, it talks about that as children of God, we're led by the Spirit. That's part of the, the proof that we belong to him is that he's leading us. So there, it's important that we, that we understand our need to be followers. And, and less, less leaders, more followers. Even Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, follow me as I follow Christ. Everything he's saying is about following. Follow me as I follow Christ. He's not saying, listen, I'm going to lead you because God is leading me. Would that still be okay? To know God is leading him. But what he's emphasizing is that we're supposed to follow. See, when I give you that illustration about if you don't know how to get to my house and we don't have GPS and all that stuff, then I can just say, hey, follow me. And do you know that there's no pressure on you to try to figure out how to get to my house? All you have to do is do what I do. When I turn, you turn. If I go straight, you go straight. That's it. So sometimes the way life gets so complicated is because we have a tendency to do more to try to get somewhere when, when if we simplify it, we're saying, God, whatever you say, that's what I'll do. That's how Jesus lived his life. I do what the Father tells me to do. I say what the Father tells me to say. In other words, he's leading. I'm just obeying whatever he says. And honestly, I, I hope that through this time today that you do a lot of internal searching and allow the Lord to, to help you to say, am I truly following Jesus? Or am I just kind of asking him just to come along with me? Because even sometimes our hearts are to do good things. But God may have different things for you. If you'll trust him and you'll follow him. Matthew 16, 21 through 25. 
From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day he would be raised from the dead. But here, here's Peter. Y'all ready for this? Peter took him aside. Uh, Jesus, I need to see you out here, please. That's how, that's how Peter was. Took him outside and reprimanded him. He rep. Okay, who reprimands Jesus? Peter, what? You should have got, you should have asked before you should have got some counsel on that one. Proverbs 15 said, There's wisdom in the multitude of counsel. You should ask the disciples, Do you think I need to take him outside? Because they would have told you, Bro, that's Jesus. But he goes out, he reprimands him and says, Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, This will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get away from me, Satan. You're a dangerous trap to me. You're seeing things merely from a human point of view. What he's saying here is, listen, all you're thinking about is what you can see on the human point of view. So if you're going to do your thing, you're going to do it based on what you see in the human side. But you're not seeing it from God's point of view. The way you see things from God's point of view is you trust him and you follow him and he'll show you those things. So Jesus said to disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower then here's what you need to do. You must turn from your selfish ways. In other words, you can't can't have it your way and his way. You know why? Because they're not the same. They're not the same. And and there's times times where they might be because you want to please the Lord, so this is what I want to do. It's what he wants me to do. Hey, this is it. But then there's times when someone pulls in front of you or does something and makes you mad and you have your way and you have God's way. And who's going to lead that one? Who's going to lead that one? You need to turn from your selfish ways. You need to look at self and say, you know what, we talked about this before, but my flesh does not run my life. My flesh just holds who I am in place. It's just the house I live in. It's literally like the house you live in, like asking your house to make decisions. No, that's just where you dwell. But home is when you, there's you, your family, the house is just a structure. Listen, your flesh is the structure that you live. It's just, it's your body. And it, it, it's going to want to just grab, it's going to want to gratify itself. That's it. And that's the struggle we face as believers sometimes is we allow our flesh to to determine what we want to do and how we're going to do it. And God is saying, look, if, if you want to be my disciple, if you want to follow me, you got to turn from that. In other words, you have to be able to say, and he says it to you, if you want to be my disciple. In other words, if that's what you want. So it's still up to you. But if you want to follow Jesus, it's going to require you saying no to self. Because when it's time, like, you know, when you're on the road and you're following the car in front of you and you put your blinker on to say, let's go a different way, and that car doesn't go, then you have the decision. Do I follow or do I go a path I think I could take? And that's the decision you make. For me, if I have my blinker on, but Jesus goes straight, I turn my blinker off, and I follow Jesus. I say no to my thought to my shortcut, to my way of doing it, and say, Jesus, I trust you. You're leading. You're leading. You're the shepherd. I listen to you, and I follow you.
That's what, that's what we do. So we turn from our selfish ways. The second thing it says is we take up our cross. We take up our cross. We turn from our selfish ways. We take up our cross. You know what it means to take up your cross? He's referring to the fact of, you know what, he even talked to Peter at one point about the price that, that he would pay to serve him. But sometimes the cross can look at things like suffering a little bit. And when I say suffering, I'm not talking about suffering the way a lot of people would see it. I'm saying, you know what, there's persecution that comes in all different forms. It may just be you, you kind of get ostracized a little bit at work. It may come from people that just outright make fun of you, people that think you're weird. But you know what, it also goes to the extreme where people are being killed. People are being persecuted. People are being thrown in prison. People are being beat. People's lives are on the line to serve the Lord. And when you make a decision to serve God, there's some difficulty that you're going to face just because your, your flesh is going to battle it. Your flesh is going to battle against wanting to lead. And you can, you can get that under subjection by submitting yourself to God. You can resist all the plans of the enemy, and he has to flee. The Bible says when, if you walk in the spirit, you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you want to know how you overcome the flesh, you let the spirit lead. You walk by the spirit of God, and you overcome the, the flesh and all the things that the flesh would desire. That, that's, that's how we do it. But there are going to be times where you have to know. If I choose this life to be a follower of Jesus, even Jesus said, don't, don't think it's weird when they persecute you because they persecuted me. But he tells them, listen, they ain't going to take you down. Be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. In other words, you can make it, I made it, and I'll be with you. But there are things that you're going to face Difficulties, struggles, things that come your way because of your choice to stand for what's right, to stand as a believer, to say, I'm following Jesus. I mean, I just got to tell you if, you, if you look at what the Word says, the Bible says, wide is the road that leads to destruction and to death. Narrow is the road that leads to eternal life. So chances are, there's a lot more people, it seems, that are on that other road. So the people that you come in contact with every day, there's a lot of those who aren't heading your direction. And there's a lot of times where you're going to bump into those people. There's a lot of times where people are going to think different of you because of your stance. There's times that I've been in situations people got upset with me because I had to be honest. And they asked me a question, and I said, do you want my honest answer? And they said, yes. And then I told them, and then they realized they didn't want my honest answer. And I had to make a decision. Do I lose a friend? Do I lose a, a relationship in the sense of, you know, or a family in the church? Do I, what do I do? I please the Lord is what I do. And whatever happens, he'll take care of it. But I have to choose to say, I'm following you, and if this is where you lead me, this is where I'll go. And, we, and 
But, you know, I would dare say that in, for the overall, we make a lot of decisions without consulting the Lord in our everyday life. He's saying, listen, if you want to follow me, just turn from your ways. Take up your cross. In other words, no matter what it takes, you're going to stay the course and then follow me. Because when it's not about you and you're not afraid of what you're going to go through, you're all in. Follow me. Then he goes on to say, if you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life, you'll save it. See, that's totally different than the world. Today the world's like, grab it, live your life to the fullest, tell everybody about it, you'll feel better about yourself, that's how you, that's how you get life. And Jesus says, you know what, if you want to live it, lose it. In other words, God, I live my life for you, and I'm losing the life here. What here, listen, this place, this time here on this earth, the Bible says, it's like a vapor. It's here today, <clears throat> it's gone tomorrow. And for us to make all these decisions based on this little time here, when Jesus knows eternal perspective, <clears throat> and he's saying this is the way you in, that you make it through here, is you follow me. I mean, think, of, think about it, y'all. He's saying, look, you don't have to know the way. You don't have to know how to get there. You don't know how to do it. You don't have to know it. All you have to do is follow me. I'll take you there. Right? That's it. Just follow me. How am I going to get there? How am I going to get through this? Follow him. Okay, God, I feel like you have this for me. I feel like this is a plan that you have for me. You spoke it to me, but I'm not seeing anything happen. What, what, step, what do I do? What steps do I take? Follow me. I'll take you there. Think about it with young kids, too. First day of school, especially when they're like they first go to school, like kindergarten. Man, I, I didn't drop my kids off at kindergarten. I said, Go find your class. Good luck. First day of school. No, they let the parents come in. Why? Because none of them know how to get to their class. They don't even know what their class is. They don't know they don't know anything. So you just say, I'll take you to your class. And you walk and they just they just go with you. Like, here's your class. Now, that's young, you know. It's weird, you know, for Meg. She's eighth grade, and I still want to do that. The boys, I'm like, you're on your own. You know, I like to, I don't take Meg to, to school. But if I did, you know, I would make sure she didn't sit next to any boys and all that stuff. So they don't want me, they don't want me taking her to class. But at some point, you know, at some point we, we learn how to get certain places. We learn how to do certain things. But the biggest thing is when we're at a place where we don't know, we don't know where to go, what to do. Just follow. Let him lead us. It's, it's, we make it more complicated by trying to do it on our own. Look at this last scripture, Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then, this, listen, lean not on whose understanding? You know what that means? Okay, I'm going to be careful because I've already broke this once. But this, this podium right here, uh, if I was to lean on it, I can lean right here because that's where the support is. If I was to lean on it, you know what it means? Putting all my weight in it. It's holding me up. 
I'm just, I'm putting everything I have on this, this podium. Now, what this is saying is don't put everything you have on your understanding. Don't lean. Don't let that be what supports you. See, when I'm leaning on that, that's supporting me. But, but the word is saying, look, trust in the Lord. Don't put your support in you or in any worldly thing. Put your support in the Lord. Trust him. Then he says this, in all of your ways, acknowledge him. What, do you, what does all mean? Exactly. All means all. Look it up in the Greek, all. All, everything. So if you're going to acknowledge the Lord in everything, then you, someone comes tomorrow and says, hey, I have an opportunity well, you know, for you to maybe go this route or try this in your company or do this or whatever. And you say, listen, this, is, this, is, this falls under all things. So let me acknowledge the Lord. Lord, what do you want? Lord, what do you say? And I'll follow you. When the natural, it has all these wonderful things. But is it, does God have something better? You don't know because you see things from the human point of view. But when you acknowledge him, then he can tell you. And then it says this. Once you acknowledge him, it says this. He'll direct your path. In other words, he'll say, come here. I'll show you. Come here. Let me, let me just show you the path. It's right here. Let's go. Follow me. I'll take you. That's, that's how God works. That's what he wants for us, to, to not lean on our own stuff. Don't put all your weight. Don't put all your hope in your understanding. Because as smart as you are, you're not even near what God is. You know, I, I, I grew up in the church. I have knowledge of Scripture. But I still can't make it without Jesus. Not even close. Matter of fact, I will mess your life up if I don't have Jesus. That's why when Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ, he's saying, look, the only reason you should follow me is because of who I'm following. In other words, if, if Chris is leading and I'm following him and you're following me, then guess what? We're all followers. But if Chris is following God, then I'm following God because I'm following someone who's following God. Does that make sense? So when Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ, if I tell you, listen, trust me, follow me as your pastor where, where God has taken you, you need to make sure that I'm following God. Because if I'm not following God, then you're not following God by following me. But if I'm following God and you follow me, then as you follow me, you're following God because I'm following God. Did you follow that? That's pretty good. All right. So follow God. And you can do that by following someone who's following God as well. All right. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Then he directs your path. And I thought this was kind of cool, and we'll wrap up here. Here's what's cool about Jesus. The first thing he said to his disciples when he called them was, follow me. Then he spent all this time teaching them, modeling for them, showing them. And then he says, one of the last things he says to him is go. Go into all the world and make disciples. In other words, 
Go get more followers. More people to follow. Because now as you follow me, they can follow you. And in turn, they're following me. And then you see in Acts 1 verse 5 where, he said, where Jesus says this, before you do anything, though, wait on the gift that God promised of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit now will lead you into truth, will guide you. Okay, now all those scriptures about the Holy Spirit in John 16 and John 14 and John 10. I mean, all these different places, it talks about the Holy Spirit does. And the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the counselor, the advocate, will lead you. He will speak to you the things of God. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He's your helper. He comes alongside of you. So now God is saying, listen, I'm still leading you, and I've given you now the Holy Spirit to lead you. In other words, I will communicate to you still through my spirit that you will still know what to do, how to do it, so you're still not alone in it. Jesus has gone to be at the right hand of the Father, but he left us the helper, the Holy Spirit to come that can lead us. And now, as what Romans 8.14 says, because we are led by the Spirit of God, we are sons of God and daughters of God. And because of that, we are led by the Spirit of God. That's who we are now. If we're going to be led by the Spirit, and we choose to follow him, then Galatians 5.22 says this is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. All those are qualities that will come in our life because we're not leading. It's the fruit of the Spirit. So if the Spirit's leading us, we're going to be loving people. We're going to have peace. We're going to have joy. We're going to be kind. We're going to be gentle. We're going to be able to control ourselves. Because we're following. So <clears throat> my encouragement to you today is if you're driving, if you're driving your car, your spiritual car, scoot over. Just shut it off. Scoot over, buckle up, enjoy the ride, but let the Spirit of God direct. Let the Spirit lead. Just go ahead and sell it right now. I said this this morning. I said, God, I don't want to be a leader. I don't want to be known. I don't want to be known for he was a great leader. I'm not hoping this happens anytime soon, but the day that I go... Well, I mean, I wouldn't mind being with Jesus but not leaving here. You know what I mean? Because I still have stuff to do. But the day that I leave this earth, it, it would be better for me to hear people say, he followed Jesus. Then he led well. Because if I follow Jesus and people follow me, I'm still technically not leading. I'm just in front of them because we're in a line. But I'm not really leading. I mean, I can see, I'm not going against leadership. So if you're, if you're in the middle of a book right now on how to be a great leader, you could still read it. Okay, I'm not dogging leadership, but I'm saying I only want someone to lead me if I know where they're going. So, so I don't negate my role as a leader 
in the church as a pastor, but I'm just telling you, the greatest role I have is following him. Because I'm going to tell you who the chief shepherd of this church is. It ain't Scott. Jesus is the shepherd. I'm a sheep too. And I'm following. And you're following. And we're in this thing to do whatever he tells us. So just take this week and just do your own evaluating. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Are you a follower of Jesus? Are you kind of this casual place right now, just, you know, you've gotten into this groove. This is kind of what we do. We worship, we sing on Sundays, we do all this. But are you following Jesus Monday morning? Are you following Jesus on Tuesday? Are you following Jesus in the difficult places? Are you willing to say no to yourself? Are you willing to even follow him if it means that things are rough a little bit and it doesn't, it's not, it's a little bit out of your comfort zone? Are you willing to still follow him? And if so, then follow away and you watch where he leads you. Bible says in Psalms 23, he leads us to those still waters. He leads us to this great, great place of peace and hope. And all the things that we are looking for, God gets us there better and faster. So I'd encourage you, be a follower. Follow Jesus. I'm not going to sing it for you. But back in the day, there was a song. And all it said was, I have decided to follow Jesus. Then it said it again. I have decided to follow Jesus. It said it one more time. I have decided to follow Jesus. Then it said this. No turning back. No turning back. Though none go with me, still I'll follow. Still I'll follow. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me. The world behind me. In other words, if y'all are smart, y'all going to follow me. Because I'm not facing you for my support. I'm not facing you for my value. I'm not facing you for my help. I'm not facing you for my provision. I'm facing the one who's going to lead me to all of that. No turning back.